You're with your baby girl. You've been practicing your mamas and dadas for weeks. And now she looks up and begins to mouth her very first words. This is the moment you've been waiting for. It's time to visit your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer and test drive the all-new GLE. With the first era of the Mercedes-Benz user experience and optional third-row seating for your whole family. Smart mama. Smart dada. Visit MBUSA.com GLE to learn more. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Some equipment described as optional. I know. You know. We know. Why? I know. You know. We know. Why? You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. What is up? And welcome in to That Being Said Podcast with myself, Sammy Georgeur, and my co-host, George Georgeur. And we are recording episode 524 from the Salt Hub today, talking NCAA March Madness, the Sweet 16, talking a little bit of NBA and a little bit of the NFL rule changes, Happy uh, Wednesday it is, and uh, welcome in. Like I said, I'm your co-host, Sammy Georgeur, brought to you by Sound Sports. Hey, this is George Georgeur, and we're coming at you recorded and direct. And uh, Sammy, how are you doing today? Doing great, my man. How are you doing? Good. We got opening day tomorrow in baseball, the official opening day. I don't really count the Japanese series personally as opening day. I feel like baseball should do it like this. Like tomorrow, everyone's really playing. It's kind of more exciting than having like one game like in Japan and then week off and then coming here. I just like just, you know, jumping right into it. Well, you could do Japan like this week and then just have like a two, three days off and start at the same time. Um, that I would work. That would work as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand the um, well, for those that don't know, if you're not a big baseball fan or if you just don't follow, you know, every single team, Seattle Mariners started off with the Japanese series. Uh, they're in Japan playing the A's for two games. But the odd thing about it is they played those two games last week at this time. They came back and then played spring training games against the Padres at the home stadium, too. Not at like spring training. At T-Mobile Park, formerly known as Safeco. Um, which, so they have a 2-0 record now where the league is or the league's not starting till actually tomorrow. Where they have opening day on ESPN tomorrow um, against the Red Sox. I just find it odd. If you're going to do that also, for, for, scrap the the spring training in between just a really odd sequence um and it just doesn't really make any sense at all yeah it makes no sense and the funny thing is like uh at least this is the longest we've been in first place in years yeah over a week it's been about like nine days and uh it really might be the longest span since 2002-2003 yeah i know two weeks in first place congratulations yeah, to the Mariners. i mean the game was last week but... was it it was last wednesday so yeah you're exactly right. so one, week. one week yeah so and but you at least are going to be in first through tomorrow, because you're probably two and one is still in first place. Exactly. Um, but then if you go two and two, then now now we're starting to do yeah. some comp- complicated math. That yep, I'm not very and good then at. You, you're as bad as we thought we were. Exactly. Um, but like we said, just a quick intro. Never don't forget. You can always find us on all social medias. You can find us at sotsports.com. That's s-o-n-t sports.com. Sot. This is sports on tap. And uh, you can also find me and George on Twitter. I'm at George or Sammy. He's at Gijorjur. Um, you can always find the podcast. You'll find our Twitter, Instagram handles there. The podcast, go at pod that on Twitter, P-O-D that. And on Instagram, it's that being said pod. Um, and you can find all our info there. So uh, great, man. Let's get into it. We'll start with the Sweet 16, I believe, is what we're going with. 
Um, and never forget, you can always submit your questions on Instagram or on Twitter, wherever you want. I'm on the story there. Tweet at us with some questions. We do have a question today when we get to NBA from Twitter. Cool. Um, but let's start with the Sweet 16. Yeah, man. Uh, well, first of all, the, the opening round of games, you know, were last week. And they were kind of... So if we all know they were a little more. They're a little boring. I mean, yes, that Duke UCF game was absolutely fun to watch. But you know, honestly, we have basically if you want to go look at the games that were played on Saturday and Sunday in round two last week, every single favorite won. Not one underdog uh, on the Vegas spread lost a game outright. So I mean, it was a pretty chalk tournament. Uh, you have all four number one seeds, all four number two seeds. All three number three seeds still left in the tournament. So that's – and I might be all four number four seeds as – and all four number four seeds. I mean, you have the top six – four times four, the top 16 teams in the country still left. Yeah. Are you sure all the no, – not all the four seeds. Not Kansas all the, State lost. Kansas State lost. Okay, so that's the only four seed because you got Virginia. No, and Kansas lost. Okay, so to say four – so 14 of the best – 16 teams left in the country are still yeah. in this tournament. A lot of them are in there. Like, I mean, I guess if you just look at the all the ones and twos that are in there. Yeah, one, twos, kinda, and threes. Yeah, so which is pretty crazy. Um, I will say this. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing that it was all favorites that won. What I think the problem was was even the lack of thrills in the game. Um, I'm going to look at one side of the bracket just as an example. kentucky Walford was a decent game. Mm-hmm. Not... A finishing like the Duke UCF or UFC, UCF. Mm-hmm. Houston blew out Ohio State. Auburn blew out Kansas. North Carolina blew out Washington. That was all on the Midwest side. Exactly. So that's a good example. And then you can go to the other side. Gonzaga blew out Baylor. Murray State got blown out by Florida State. Texas Tech blew out Buffalo. And Michigan blew out Florida. I don't need to go to the top side of the bracket and do those things again, which if you go to them, they're all pretty close. There's some close games, but outside of that Duke UCF game, there was no thrillers like an almost game winner, almost mm-hmm. game winning shot. That's why I don't find it a bad thing. I, I was talking about this with a friend. I think one of the greatest blessings that we had was Duke winning, but almost losing. Yeah, right? exactly. You don't want to see UCF continue on overseeing Zion and Duke. But the best part of it all was that thought of, oh, my God, we're almost going to see Duke lose. But it's almost a blessing they didn't. No, it's absolutely. I mean, and for the first time in a long time, this, this team, Duke in general, uh, I mean, every year changes. But I feel like the general public was rooting for Duke in general for that game. Uh, yeah, I guess when UCF made it close, some people started rooting for UCF to pull the upset. But this is not like that hated Duke team. We talked about this last week on the pod too. This is not they're not hated. They're not like, oh my god, it's Duke. I hope they lose going into the tournament. They're actually kind of well liked for a Duke yeah, team. Yeah, I mean I, I would I'm gonna chalk it down to Zion is well liked. Yes. Uh, here's and, the thing. RJ Barrett, obviously not a villain either, neither is Cam Reddish whatsoever. But they're not well liked or well disliked. I mean, with those guys, they're just not polarizing. The thing with Duke usually is Usually their main polarizing guy, um, which you could go back to the days of Leitner and J.J. Reddick's, and it's usually an annoying white guy. Yeah, exactly. Actually. And uh, what was the last guy right now recently? Um, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. Like, usually their main guy is a little polarizing and also kind of an ass. Yeah, and usually. So, usually um, you're right. I'm try- Even if you want to go back to uh, Cherokee Parks, like – 
Guys like that. These guys what were all in the fifties. Cherokee Parks was like oh, in the nineteen nineties. He's a tall white guy with tattoos. You're right. They're all white. They've always had an agonizing white guy. Yeah. This year they have Zion. And, and they also had Shane Battier who was hated, and he might as well be white. He's half. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Um, the, Zion is loved because of his smile and his polarizing personality and his desire to say, "I have an knee injury." I don't give a shit. I'm playing. I'm playing basketball. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's so what he does. It's not even about Duke's being is liked because this team probably wouldn't be liked if it was RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish and some other guy. It's liked because it's Zion. Exactly. And so I feel like Zion is likable, which is just weird for everybody. I mean, I've heard it on multiple shows. People saying, I can't wait for the Zion thing to be over so I can go back. To hating Duke. Duke. Yep. Yeah. No, so absolutely. It's very that's pretty cool. Um, I want to talk about my bracket a little bit. And let's just go quick predictions, though, on – each game, just fun predictions. I, I, some of these games, like okay, LSU, Michigan State, you could be right or wrong either way. It's not, yeah, you know, it's two versus three. It's it's college basketball. Um, I'm liking my bracket right now, though. Um, I, I'm in the 82 percentile still. I my I do have some wrong teams here and there. My elite eight, though, I have everybody still intact so far, except for Nevada, which was just an awful pick by me. It obviously didn't work out. Um, but outside of that, I do have a shot of. All of them being uh, in the Elite Eight. So what am I going to do probably when I pick each game? You can probably pick them wrong. No, I'm going to pick all the 17 oh. that I have in my Elite Eight. <laughs> I thought you were trying to make a joke there. Like, oh, naturally, no. now I'm going to start losing. Well, I'll get some of these right. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Elite Eight, Sammy, I have one, two, three teams left in my Elite That's Eight. It? Four. No, uh-huh. I'm counting four. Four. Five. No, this is Sweet 16. Six, seven, eight, nine left in my Sweet 16. Uh, my Elite 8, I only have three, four, five. Yeah, five pretty left. slim. It's almost 50%. Six, six. Sorry, six. Six. All right. Well, do you have any big upsets coming? Um, No, not really. I mean, I mean, my final four, as I said earlier, Duke, Texas, Virginia, Kentucky, Um, they're all still in it. I guess the, pe- the teams that I – I mean, I had – a matchup in the West right now of Syracuse versus Murray State. They're both out. Gonzaga and Florida State are playing each See, other. See, that's where your downfall of your bracket came. For me, in every single game still alive, I at least have a team left. Yep. That's where the brackets start to get breaking now. If you have both wrong on that side of the bracket. Honestly, well, I have another wait, I have another side of the bracket I'm completely wrong in, Sammy. The South. I have Villanova playing Cincinnati while Purdue and Tennessee are gonna be matching up. I don't know how you had that. The two and three. This is where the reason my bracket is doing so well is I realized one thing. If you go back year after year, most of the ones and two seeds are still here. Exactly. And if you go to my final four, it's Duke, Gonzaga, 1-1, North Carolina, one seed, and Tennessee, a two seed. I mean, I made it simple this year. I said I'm going to stop playing around with ridiculous upsets minus Nevada, and it's working out well. Well, fantastic for you. Let's go game by game. <laughs> Quick prediction. All right. Um, we're going to start in the east upper corner. Um, I'm not going to have too much to say about most of these. Duke, Virginia Tech. Obviously, this one, everyone's talking about Virginia Tech did beat Duke, but that was without Zion. I know. Um, the only team in the nation to beat Duke at full strength is Gonzaga. So until I see someone else do it, I'm going with Duke. I'm so. going with Duke. I mean, as you said, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, yeah, they can upset them. Buzz Williams knows how to beat Duke. They already beat him this year. Yeah, but without Zion, this team's, a, as we've seen, a totally different team as soon as Zion's there. Yeah, it's not even close. 
LSU, the three seed, going against the two seed, Michigan State. I got, I got some stuff to say about this game, actually. I mean, we're getting – I think Michigan State's going to win this game. But I, I kind of find it funny that a lot of people get mad at LSU and like, oh, LSU shouldn't even be in the tournament. LSU this. They cheated. Their coach their coach is gone. That's why I think, I mean, Michigan State's going to win. They're going to have Tom Izzo versus an intern coach. I'm going to pick Tom Eventually Izzo. Eventually it, it catches up. Yeah, it catches up. But I kind of feel like sometimes I'm going to be rooting for LSU. I feel like the kids – the kids have – for the most part, I'm sure, like maybe you know, the kid who got paid, who's suspended, he's not playing, or allegedly got paid. But like for the kids, I'm I'm rooting for LSU. It's a great story for them. Everyone's picking against them. It's them against the world. They have an intern coach. No one really thinks they can win. Yeah, I, I'm rooting for LSU, but they're gonna lose to Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, actually, both these teams are kind of interesting because we just went through some stupid ass like Tom Izzo. Yelling at kids controversy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that fake controversy. It, it was weird because it was a weird controversy where it seemed like nobody actually thought it was wrong, but somehow it circulated. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Everyone was like, oh, you got it. This is fine. But then it, somehow it's still a story. Um, I'm taking Michigan State in this game. That's because that's who I have in my Elite Eight. And, I mean, I had LSU losing round one just because of all this, all these things going on. I actually wouldn't mind if they win, like you said, because it is an interesting story. It's like exactly. an interim head coach or intern head coach, whatever it's called. Um, but I'm going Michigan State. Yes, yeah, same here. All right. In the South, you have number one, the Cavaliers of Virginia going against the Oregon Ducks, the 12 seed. Um, George, what you got? I got Virginia. I think, uh, I think once it got to the Sweet 16 and got over that hump, got over last year losing to um, – the number 16 UC, whatever they're called, Maryland, Baltimore County, um, and then got to the Sweet 16. I think they're going to start catching a rhythm here. I, I actually think Virginia is going to continue their run and go to the Final Four. But Oregon, Oregon's one of the hottest teams in the whole entire country. They've been playing great, but I, I think it ends here. Yeah, I'm going to Virginia simply because I, I do think they're one of the best four teams. That's why they're a one seed, and I just think they truly are. Um thing with Oregon is – you know, they are one of the hotter teams in the nation, but they got benefited playing a number five Wisconsin that was more on a down year. That's why I picked them in the first round. Wisconsin's kind of had a down year. I feel like got a five seed based off of being a good program. Yeah. Um, and you, you face in UC Irvine in round two. It's not like they ended up having to play a Kansas State or exactly. an actual powerhouse team. I'm simply going with Virginia. Cool. Sounds good with me. Number two, Tennessee going against number three, Purdue. Tennessee versus Purdue. Wow, this is a good this is a good matchup, and uh, I don't have e- I don't have your team in my Sweet Sixteen, so uh, I'm an idiot. But um, give me Tennessee. I mean, we were talking about the best one of the best teams in SEC versus one of the best teams in the Big Ten. I'll go Purdue. I don't know. I'm going Tennessee. I just I love what I see out of this Tennessee team every single time they play. They seem like they have like guys that have NBA ready bodies. They play hard, and uh, I think they. I, I don't even know who Purdue's coach is, but I know that Tennessee has the coaching advantage. Yeah. Um. So I'm going Tennessee with this one. Simply, I've seen Tennessee in much bigger games this year. Yeah, well, I, I guess I've seen a lot more of Tennessee as well. Yeah, that's where I'm going with them. West, we have number one Gonzaga going against number four Florida State. Gonzaga. I'm on Florida State here. Florida State beat Gonzaga last year. They're long. They're athletic. I think they're going to be able to out-athletic Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, I mean, I pick. also have Gonzaga not in this game. And I'm also biased. But 
I just don't like Gonzaga. But Florida State did it to them last year. I think they could do it to them again this year. So, if, for those that haven't been around for the last year or two listening to this podcast, you cannot get a real answer out of George when it comes to Gonzaga. So, I'll give you guys the real answer. Is Gonzaga is leaps and bounds better than Florida State. Were they leaps and bounds better than them last year? They were not, actually. So, they weren't a one seed. Last year, Gonzaga was, I think, like a five seed in the tournament. Okay. This year, Gonzaga has two NBA players. Florida State is good, not great. Gonzaga's going to outmatch them in every single way of this game. Gonzaga might be the one team I truly believe could beat Duke again. We gotta remember, Gonzaga's that good. Yeah, they have slow-paced offense. Yeah, they don't play that many crazy teams throughout the year. They they're the only team to beat Duke of Zion. I'm going to Gonzaga in this game. Um, I'm rooting for Gonzaga. I think it's I think it'd be fun to see another Gonzaga Duke game in the Final Four. All right, uh, Texas Tech going against number two Michigan. Two versus three. All right, I got Texas Tech. You have Texas Tech in my Final Four. That is the big t- best team in the Big Twelve. Um, I just like how they play basketball. They're they're fast paced. They're strong. Uh, they don't have any holes in their game, to be honest. From the games I've watched them play, and that's like I, I'm not the type of guy who comes and watch, you know, pretends I know much about college basketball because I don't like analyze the teams. But this is one team for some reason I've ended up watching on ESPN like nine times this year, and I'm I I leave impressed more and more every time. I am going with Michigan. I just think they're the better team. Um, I actually believe Michigan should have been a one seed. Uh, I, I mean, them and Michigan State could have both been one seeds. Uh, Duke might have not necessarily deserved a one seed. Uh, unfortunately, because of Zion's injury, even a team like Gonzaga could have lost it after that St. Mary's loss. I, w- I wouldn't have been shocked if Michigan and Michigan State were the two one seeds. I just think they're. I think Michigan's one of the top five teams in, in the nation. So I'm going with Michigan here. All right. Um, last two games we have number one North Carolina going against number five Auburn, who has Auburn who has been hot, hot. Um, man, something something makes me want to just pick Auburn because they've been so hot. But North Carolina is a far superior team. I'm gonna be rooting for Auburn, but I think North Carolina wins this game. But I really want to see Auburn win. Yeah, I'd love to see Auburn win as well. But I'm going for North Carolina. I think they're just. They have so many good players at different positions. Um, unless they were shooting, they were shooting lights out against Washington, but they had guys knocking down shots when needed, rebounding when needed. Um, they have the slight coaching advantage here, but I would not mind seeing Bruce Pearl with a nice upset. Yeah, I mean, like you said, slight advantage. It's not crazy. Yeah. Um, last game to shape up the lead eight. One of my favorite games. I'm actually the most excited I am probably to watch is Houston versus. Kentucky, three versus two. Completely agree with you. This game is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to pick Kentucky with the caveat that... um, P.J. Washington? Yeah, P.J. Washington. Thank you for that. I was trying to remember his name. uh, Is healthy and playing well. But if he comes in and he struggles and can't get himself together, I'm sure he's playing. Are you sure he's playing? I'm not 100% sure he's playing. But, I mean, from reports from last I checked a couple days ago was he should... Be ready. Still in a boot. Be still in a boot. Okay. As of today. Well, hopefully uh, that changes for him. But, yeah, that's the team I'll be rooting for. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's actually looking good. Well, that, that, that hurts their chances. Uh, significantly, obviously. They doubt he plays Friday. Really? Because he hasn't practiced yet, and he's in a boot today getting on the plane. 
Well, um, not good news for for uh, Kentucky. I hope he plays to make the game better, though. Uh, but I'm taking Houston either way. I I I love the guard play out of Houston. They're mm-hmm. really damn good. I remember this from last year. I kind of before the tournament, I was I, I do have them in my elite eight. Shockingly, I don't even know why. But because I feel like I remember from last year when I watched them in the tournament, they were fun, really hard playing, great guard play team, and you're seeing the same team this year. Um, I'm taking them. I feel like Kentucky. They're an interesting team. I feel like they're a little bit of like a big dominated team, but I, I can't really get a grasp of what their their thing is. Right. I mean, it's like weird to watch them. They never really have a thing because their guys are all like, they're literally like just a uh, rotate, rotating uh, circus. It doesn't feel like they have a superstar this year, though. No, but P.J. Washington is their closest thing to one. Yeah, but still, he doesn't feel like a... No, no, he does not. You're right. But, but Zion's kind of taken that away from everybody. It's like that star aspect. I know. That's the guy. So it's interesting. Well, I guess um, here we're probably not gonna have a podcast before the final before the final four is set. And even if we do, a lot of people don't listen on the weekend. Who's your final four? Uh, are you sticking to the same final four you have right now, or is anything changed going into the weekend? Oh, I'm sticking with Duke. Gonzaga. Actually, I'm not sticking with that one. Sorry. Um, my final four that I'm predicting now mm-hmm. is Duke Gonzaga still. Mm-hmm. And then I am going with Virginia mm-hmm. and Houston. Cool. Uh, I, I mean, that's very interesting because I have Kentucky in my final four, but P.J. Washington is doubtful. I'm going to be doing what you're doing as well. I'm putting Houston in there. I don't like North Carolina as like a, a championship team. Me too. Uh, I'm putting Houston in there. I'm putting Virginia in there. I'm putting Duke in there, and I'm putting Texas Tech. Texas Tech it is. Wow. All right. So that's um, two three seeds and two one seeds. Yeah, I got three three one seeds. In the three seed. three seed, whatever. Um, I'm gonna. I'm excited. I hope there, I hope we get a couple buzzer beaters or some something fun going on um, in this weekend of of. Uh, I, ho- I really do hope so. Uh, we're gonna get to a l- two more topics really quick, which is uh, one, which is the league changes or the NFL rule changes, um, and we'll get to something about the East in the NBA. All right, uh, quickly. But we're starting off with the NFL, right? And uh, it's that. After, of course, we all remember the missed pass interference call in the NFC Championship game for the Saints that probably would have won them the game, put the ball on the one-yard line. The NFL has come out and now changed the rule. Yep. You can now, under two minutes, challenge pass interferences or non-pass interference, missed calls. Ah, This is, to me, I think you're going to agree, not a great move. Not a great move. Not a great move. I completely disagree, to be honest. I think this is a great move. Here's why. Remember, now, if they were saying you can challenge anyone, like the the uh, coaches still have only two challenges, and they only get a third challenge if they get it right. So I don't think they're going to be – like people think it's going to really change the game and take way too much time. Most coaches end up using their challenges anyway, and I think we're still going to have those challenges. And I was thinking about this. Remember, they're not going to reverse that many calls because what, what what do you need to reverse a call? Clear and conclusive evidence. So I, I feel like if a call is called a no pass interference on the field and they review the play and there's no like clear and conclusive evidence that it's pass interference and it's not a 50-50 call, they're going to keep the same call. So I think... Unless it's obvious, I think like coaches even are going to be a little bit hesitant to use that challenge flag too often. I just think the problem with it is there's a reason, for example, holding 
is not challengeable because most of these are judgment based calls. I I, I do I mean, agree with that. The tough part is is there pass interference on almost every play? Right. Yeah. But is there holding good. on almost every play? Absolutely. Is there the the thing I like about replay, it's a lot more conclusive type of stuff, right? Where it's did he catch it or not? Did he touch the ground or not? Like did he step out of bounds or not? Did you know, things like that. The, the problem with this is going to get to a point where we challenge too many things. Like, illegal hands to the face one day, right? It's going to be like, oh, the guy hit me in the face. Let's challenge it because the ref missed it. I think you got to keep some aspects of the game where, you know what? There is human error. And th- that's, the, that's the issue here. I mean, it is their job to make these right calls. At a certain point, I don't want to. I don't want everything to be challenged. Maybe they stop here, maybe. But I feel like this is just opening the floodgates for a missed holding call next year in the playoffs that changes the entire route of the NFL, okay. and now that becomes challenging. Okay, but my question for you, Ben, is if it stops here, are you okay with it? Do you like the, Do you like Do you like that rule if it stops here? It's yes like, and uh, no. I think there's much better ways to handle this, which would be in a goddamn playoff game. The NFC Championship game, right? Mm-hmm. That should have just been like a booth call where it's just like, hey, guys, go go rewatch this. Which it would be because it's under two minutes left. So it's going to be just like any other thing that could be replayed under two minutes left. Yeah, but you have to use a challenge flag. No, no, not under two minutes. Remember, in, in the NFL, anything under two minutes is all reviewable without a coach's challenge. Okay, well, then even without that, just make those type of plays in general things you see upstairs. Just like touchdowns are reviewable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if somebody did one of the most blatant legal moves of all time or a guy ran 50 feet out of bounds and ran back in and nobody called it, somebody upstairs at any point in the game should be able to be like, hey, we need to, you guys should take a second look. You want to take a look at this? <laughs> yeah, because it wouldn't change that much. No, you're right. But I just don't like the aspect of everything being challenging. That, no, that's very fair. It's very fair. But, yeah, yeah, I just like it because I still think it's not going to be that. I think it's going to be effective when it's a very blatant call, and otherwise it won't be reversible. Yeah, I just think this was a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction based off a really, really once-in-a-lifetime bad but, call. True, but you know one thing that makes me feel more comfortable about it, Sam? 31 out of the 32 teams did vote to make this rule change. Who voted no? Can you guess? The Rams. No. A team that um, the Rams would be—that'd <laughs> be ironic. Uh, I, when I tell you who the team is, you might feel more more comfortable being on the side of the other thirty-one. The Browns, close enough. The Bengals, Bills. Bengals. Yeah, yeah, that's like the dumbest team in the NFL. Yeah, so so I'll side of the other thirty-one. Teams. That's fair. But it's kind of funny. Like, why did the Bengals say no? Yeah, like what really bothers them <laughs> yeah, about, about the it that much? Everyone's like, yeah, I got it. Bengals like, nah. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's just kind of weird. It's like, what really at the meeting table that everybody was like, for sure, the Bengals guy's like, hey, guys, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see the problem. Yeah. Did you look at this replay? Look at the guy on the Saints. Look what happened. Yeah, that wasn't pass interference. My thing is, at some point, if I'm in that meeting and everyone, like, 30, I, like, they're on number 28 and everyone said yes, I'd be like, all right, I should just say yes. To this well, part, right? if it's in alphabetical order, though, we'll be th- the letter C, Cincinnati. Maybe he was like, "Oh, someone else got it." I wonder how that vote goes. Really, I, I know. I'm being like, very. If it's like out loud, like, "Oh, hand, raise a hand," <laughs> everyone hands go up. You know, I'm standing there, like seeing everybody. I'm like, "Oh, yep, <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah." Maybe he fell asleep at the table. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, 
That's all I got on that. I, I really yeah, just me think too. That's a, a, that's really it. It's it's like it's kind of a big deal, but it's kind of not. It is a big deal because I think it's gonna turn up game it, for sure. It's gonna hundred percent turn a game at some point next season, and we're gonna remember that moment. Yeah. But, or it is a big deal because just looking back, like revisionist history, it's like you'll look back at this NFC Championship one day and say like if. I don't know. It's gonna, like you said, it's gonna happen. Then you're gonna look back and say, like, wow, if we had that rule back then, what would have happened? Exactly. So it's it is interesting in that sense. Um, last thing, really quickly, just because it's interesting, we'll have another podcast maybe, you know, the last couple days next week before this winds down because mm-hmm. it looks like it's gonna be a tight race. But um, obviously, in the we have everything sealed up pretty much in the in the West. Um, the Kings are still alive, but like I think their next loss or like a Spurs win, they're eliminated, so they're pretty much out. Um, but in the East, you have six, no, five teams fighting for three spots in the playoffs. And as the current standings resign, you have at six. I'm gonna go six and down. Six. You have the Nets at 38 and 37. The Pistons at seventh at 37, 37. The Magic at 8th, 37 and 38. The Heat at 9th, 36 and 38. And the Charlotte Hornets at 35 and 39. So those teams all fighting for those last three playoff spots. It's pretty exciting. The Hornets have won four straight. So they kind of just put themselves back into this. Yeah, I know. Michael Jordan's like, yo, guys, LeBron didn't make the playoffs. Let's, let's, let's get in. Let's get in this thing. And uh, Orlando have won six straight. So they I just know. got themselves kind of catapulted into here. Uh, I guess a little fun thing was what we talked about is who do you want to see out of those teams making? Yeah, so we got five teams, three spots. I would love I, – I mean, I told you this. We have the same teams. I want to see the Miami Heat. Because I want to see Dwayne Wade one more time, and I want to, and I think they're a well-coached team. I think they can make, give someone problems in the playoffs. I want to see the Detroit Pistons because I do like watching Blake Griffin this year. He's been playing really good basketball, and I want the Brooklyn Nets because D'Angelo Lopez is just balling. Lopez, did I say Lopez really? D'Angelo Russell. Who's D'Angelo Lopez? Nobody. D'Angelo Russell is. You know why? Because I was gonna say D'Lo, and then I just like you know. Anyway. D'Angelo Lopez's new name now is balling. He is killing it. Um, D'Angelo Lopez. Well, that's, Brooke Lopez used to play on the team. That's definitely that's why he's true. Said it. Uh, I. That's the same ones I have. There is a slight part of me that would feel good for Orlando, a team that's yeah. kind of been really shitty. I mean, what they they've lost everybody they've kind of drafted in the last you know the Victor Oladipo, yeah. Tobias Harris is I think they drafted Tobias Harris as well. Um, a lot of the players they've had just cycle through and haven't really worked out for them. No, absolutely. Um, Vujovic actually is working out great for them now. And the team is like, man, like name me a player on that team outside uh, of Vujovic. Vujovic. Markel Fultz, a player that's <laughs> played a game so far. Um, Aaron Gordon. Okay, keep going. And then we got our Orlando Magic team right there. So this team is looking to make a playoff appearance, right? And this is why I find it pretty cool if they do make it. Their starting lineup is Aaron Gordon, All right. Jonathan Isaac, Vujovic, Evan Fournier, oh, and DJ Fournier. Augustine. DJ I, Augustine's still in the damn league. How many points a game is he average? 
I don't know. He had 17 last night against the he DJ Augustine averages 11 points, five rebounds. Wow, I can't, th- that's the most surprising thing you told me there is that he's still in the league. Coming off the bench, they have Terrence Ross, who's been passed around. I thought he's been out of the league for a while. Forever, but... Michael Carter Williams. All right, Kay Birch, who uh, if you want his first name, it's Keem K H E M Keem Birch. Okay, and my big the fan. last guy off their bench is Wesley Inwundu. 24-year-old out of Kansas State All last right. year's well, two years ago, second-round pick. Would be a cool story if they found a way to make the playoffs. I don't know how the hell they would. I guess Mobamba's not playing right now either. So I, it'd be interesting. But I'm going to Brooklyn, Detroit, and Miami as well. Okay. Um, in that order, I'd love to see uh, Brooklyn go against Philly. A lot of, like, big-name guys. I'd love to see Blake Griffin against Toronto. Um and I'd love to see the Heat against Milwaukee because I think Dwayne Wade gets a little special magic in him. Maybe win a game or two against Milwaukee. It'd be a fun story. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I like that. And Dwayne Wade's last season. That's kind of part of why yeah, Miami's and, one of my picks. And, you know, it's kind of fun. Dwayne Wade's first and last season with Dreads or Cornrows. Cornrows, Dreads. Cornrows. And Dwayne Wade in the playoffs and LeBron not. Tell me that's kind of weird. That would be kind of ironic. Right? Do you think LeBron could get traded? He's not going to get traded. I don't think so either. I'm just wondering what you thought about that. Everyone talks about that like it's something uh, new. Like nobody has trade clause, no trade clause in the NBA. I know. And, and plus, like no one's, he's not getting traded. Yeah. So I don't know he why. He retire. Like, so they go, like, oh, I hope if he gets traded to New Orleans for Anthony Davis, then he'll fucking retire. Yeah. <laughs> he'll play. just not play. Yeah. Like Kawhi did last year with the Spurs. Yeah. Until they trade him yeah. to somewhere else where we're going to play. Yeah. I just want to make sure you're on the same wavelength. He's not me. getting traded. Uh, yeah, uh, the NBA season is going to start winding down here in the next week. We'll probably do an NBA pod, get something going with that. Yeah. Uh, baseball starting. Yeah, Final uh, Four will be set this weekend. Probably come on, talk about the uh, Final Four. Fi- fi- not really the Final Four, more about what happened in the tournament. Yeah. We haven't had any like storylines. Like, where's Sister Jean been at? Like, let, let's get someone. Like, you know, Is Sister Jean even though it wasn't even a storyline. It's just a person. I know, but you know what I mean. Like, we, we just haven't had really anything. Loyola Marymount was a storyline. I know, but she happened to be like the story. The name. The name. Yeah. Uh, that was all for today, I guess. And uh, that's episode 524. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Hopefully a great opening weekend in baseball. A great finale to the NBA playoff race. Um, a great Elite Eight or Sweet 16 going into Elite Eight and Elite Eight. Um, a lot of shit happening in sports. Kind of nice. I know. I love it, man. It's, we're about to. Then April comes in. We get the Masters, NBA playoffs. Boom. Right. Yeah, a lot going on. Yes, it's sir. It's a very exciting time of the year. Um, don't forget to find us on sports.com. That's S O N T sports.com. That is S O N T stands for Sports on Tap, if you're ever wondering. Uh, you can find our podcast on social media at pod that, at pod that on Twitter, and at that being said pod on instagram uh find us there and you'll see all of our personal stuff as well so we had a good question on twitter yeah i'll I'll ask that question in a second and we also have um our podcast can be found on apple and on soundcloud just type in sound sports or type in that being said podcast and uh the question on twitter was from at peter hooper 111 he said, did Pat Beverly have a point about Shea Gildress Alexander deserving more Rookie of the Year shine because he's helped the Clippers actually win and help them lead to a fifth seed? And I found that a little interesting. because it's a very interesting and well-thought-out question. Yeah, and I mean, 
the rookie of the year is not as locked up as we thought a month ago. Now Trey Young's is outplaying Luca actually now, and Trey Young is, in my opinion, probably going to win the rookie of the year. Really, uh, you think so? Yeah, I mean he's outplayed him for the last four months by by strong margins, and the Hawks were one of the hottest teams after the All Star break. That's true. Um, but it's interesting with rookie of the year. Some guys don't get as much shine because he might be averaging like eight points and four rebounds. But you're actually contributing as a, like, on a playoff team. Right. It's so interesting you, how so that works. You, so your actual contributions are more important than the contribution of a guy putting up 15 points a game on a 11 season. Yeah, you're rookie, like, rookie of the year. Like, you are more of the rookie of the year when because of what you're doing. Exactly. It's almost, it's interesting. That's why it was a hard choice between Ben Simmons and uh, Donovan Mitchell last year. Both playoff guys. I mean, if you, if, if, if you follow that standard from the question... You could have said Donovan Mitchell won a playoff series against the Thunder. Like maybe right. he really was the rookie of the year over Ben Simmons. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm still going Luca personally, but it's really close between him and Trey Young. Like, if there's a time where like you can fix the voting, and make sure it goes fifty-fifty to both, and then get co-rookies of the year, this is the year to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, fix the votes, NBA. But based off the question, Shea should get a he'll get a vote or two, like for second and third place. Yeah, He's averaging ten points a game. 10 3 and 3 on 46% shooting, 37 from 3. Young guy, you know, he was a top the top 11 pick um in helping this team be fifth mm-hmm. in the West which they were projected for 33 wins, which is crazy. Amazing. And they traded away their only borderline all-star in middle way, midway through the season. Yeah, they, they, they've tried to not make the playoffs and tried to tank and tried to get a better draft pick, but their guys on their team are like, "Nah." That's not what they're trying to do. If you listen to Doc Rivers, they Doc Rivers made a great point. He said he was when he was in Orlando, even when he was in Boston a couple of times, one of the best ways to attract free agents, and if you hear a lot of players talk about it, it's true, is building teams with extremely good role players. Yeah. Because that attracts free agents to want to come join role players. He said stars sometimes more stars would rather join a team full of great role players than a team full of stars because they still get their shine. And he said, oh, very fair way to Tim Duncan out. considered going to Orlando when they had a lot of good role players, but obviously he stuck around in San Antonio. But it's because, you know, these stars do want to be the stars, though. Oh, of course they do. I mean, why, why wouldn't they, right? I mean, at This the, helps for Kawhi. Yeah, this, uh, it does help for Kawhi. I mean, and I think Kawhi is there. Uh, I really do. I actually think Kawhi will be a Clipper next year. And um, and if he doesn't, he has one one person. Toronto needs to hang his jersey in the rafters. You know who that is? Paul George. Why? Two reasons. One, I mean, Paul George. I don't know if you saw the thing like after the Raptors and Thunder played a couple what a week ago. He came up and talked to like Kawhi about his upcoming free agency and how how to handle it. We know how Paul George handled his free agency. And second of all. Um, I think you take that Paul George model and maybe the grass isn't always greener in on the other side. Like you see Paul George, yeah, they're the seventh seed right now. They're kind of playing a little worse, but there was MVP buzz for Paul George and Paul George is happy being on a team where, you know, it's not LA, but so maybe Kawhi just takes a page out of that book and realizes, man, maybe it's not just, Oh, I have to go to LA and to be happy or to build my brand. I mean, or build his brand. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Yeah, and he has the whole country of Toronto behind him. So the whole country of Toronto. I didn't know that was a country. Yeah, I mean, that's everybody of uh, Canada. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I know you're same right. Thing, country, city. This one team in this damn in the damn country. You know how cool would it be if they just changed your name to the Can- Canada Raptors, 
And then they played all their home games in Toronto, but maybe like one game a year in Montreal, one game in Vancouver, one in Edmonton, just like one or two games. Like, but mostly like they we play in Toronto. But it'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be very complicated. But it'd be cool. Why is it complicated? Because it's complicated for venue purposes and season. Okay, but, 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 but don't even, just let them play only in Toronto. Just change the name to Canada. Then it's useless. Why? Because then it's just useless. It's it's in Toronto. Yeah, true, but I like. like I don't give a damn what the name is. That'd be like saying, "Well, Portland's the closest to Seattle, so there's the Seattle Blazers." Oh yeah, like the Northwest Blazers. Yeah, like no, it's yeah. the Portland Trail Blazers. It's a cool name, though, the Northwest Blazers. Yeah, sure, sure enough. Uh, All right, man. I, I actually, I, I think my ideas are fucking awesome. I'm, I'm pretty cool with like how it's been forever, like the name of the cities. Oh, then are you cool with the what's a, what's a Golden State? It's the it's a it's a nickname for the city. Okay, that's cool. Fair enough. We'll be back next week, Monday. Uh, Sunday, yeah. Monday. Who knows if something happens? Maybe Friday even. Sunday, Monday, Friday. We'll find out. We will. You'll find out. Um, uh, we'll be back. And uh, this is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio Redefined. Peace. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.